Slick V on the track. God is calling me. I'm in a zone. I gotta see my doctor. Scott is calling me. Scott is calling me. What's up, y'all? You're listening to the Extra Point College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Carnes, joined as always by my co-host, Daniel Hammock. Daniel, it's week six. We have four ranked unranked matchups this week. We'll talk about all of them right here on the podcast. Excited to get talking these games. Exciting, Another exciting week for football, man. Excited. And uh, for the first time, we had to call an audible right here, right before we started recording because the game has been postponed and – we weren't ready for it, so that would be exciting, but um, glad to have another guest picker on this week. So, Jacob, why don't you introduce our guest? We've got my boy Kyle Colavita, and uh, Kyle works with me at Chick-fil-A. He is a Clemson graduate. He was there during the uh, the Sammy Watkins, DeAndre Hopkins years. So, Kyle, Tommy excited to have you in the pod. <laughs> the long yeah, down here, Hey, it's it's my pleasure, man. I'm excited. Thanks for having me. This is a ton of fun. Absolutely. Seems like after you left Clemson, they made the switch to Dabo, and the rest is history. So that's it was it. A, it was a good decision. It was a good decision. We're picking seven games. Daniel, have you kick us off? What's a game we're not picking? You're excited to watch. You got your eyes on this week. I don't know if you could say I'm excited to watch it, but I definitely want to see what happens. So if you want to call that excitement, call it what you want. But I want to see Auburn in, in Arkansas. Um, I just – two of the form, of the teams who've played Georgia um, and lost to them uh, kind of in a rebound game for both of them. I mean, I, well, not rebound for Arkansas. They're just coming off a high of beating uh, Mississippi State. But, you know, kind of where does this shake out? Is Auburn going to take out their frustration on them? Is this going to be a close game? You know, does Barry Odom and his, you know, defense kind of keep, you know, Chad Morris in check? Is this the week we see Gus Malzahn take back over the offense? Got a lot of questions. So, um, hopefully I get some answers. I know I'll probably have more questions after I watch it, but maybe I'll get some answers to some questions. Um, but, yeah, it's the it's the 4 o'clock kick on SEC Network. So, you know the the game least likely to be watched because it's going directly head to head with the three thirty kick on on CBS. So, but I'll watch it. Kyle, what's a game you're excited to watch? I, I echo uh, Daniel. I don't know if I'm excited about it, but <laughs> I'm intrigued by <laughs> the Florida State Notre Dame game, and really that 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 comes from the the place of. I really want Florida State to be competitive again. And they've got a brand-new coach. They've got a new coaching staff. It's one of those games where you've got to show up in some fashion. Please show up. And so I'll be turning it on. I'm not going to watch the whole game, but it's a night game. Uh, It's intriguing. I want to see what Florida State does and if they can put up more than seven points in the game and see what their quarterback does. Uh, that one, that one interests me. I like it. I'm gonna go to the Big Twelve. I'll go TCU, Kansas State. Here's the crazy thing. I know it's early in the season, but both of these teams have a good of a shot as anybody to get in the Big Twelve championship because Kansas State has, you know, the tiebreaker with Oklahoma, and and they're a game up right now with Oklahoma, and mm-hmm. then TCU has a tiebreaker with Texas. So whoever wins this game can really. I mean, keep their hat in the mix for being contending for a Big 12 championship. So that's how bad the Big 12 is. Just a reminder that the Big 12 is out of the playoff. Well, TCU, to be fair, has had some good years in the past, you know, six they years have. or so. They so have. if they look good and look the part, and then you could make the argument that if they had their starting quarterback for the whole season, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But I'm excited to watch that too. We got seven games we're going to pick. Uh, I mean, let's just kick it off. Noon, ACC matchup, two ranked opponents. We've got undefeated North Carolina hosting Virginia Tech. North Carolina is a five-point favorite on the road. Excuse me, no. North Carolina is at home in Chapel Hill, five-point favorite. Daniel, kick us off. I don't want to. Um, So, I don't trust either team. I feel like North Carolina should rebound. That's, you know – and 
I, my, after last week where they, you know, narrowly escaped Boston College, they, you know, returned the two-point conversion uh, interception to, to sneak out a four-point win. It just wasn't very impressive. I'm not sure if I should credit it to the month off that they had, but they didn't look impressive against Syracuse either. So this will be our first time seeing them play back-to-back games in the season. So maybe the rust factor might be there. Maybe it's the pressure that's on them um, for where they've been so far this season. You know, I made the comparison. Obviously, this might be a theme going forward is just how that uh, how Clemson was last year where, you know, Trevor Lawrence struggled early in the year and won a bunch of close games. And then we mentioned that they – Clemson can turn on their killer instinct and go and win, you know, when it's very important, go win in the playoffs. I don't know if North Carolina's got that killer instinct or got that switch that they can flip. Virginia Tech's a good team. Um, they've been scoring a bunch of points on offense. Um, and defense has been so-so. I just don't know what to do in the game, I'll be honest with you. Um, I don't feel good on either side of this. But what I do know is when I don't feel good and there's five points out there, I'm going to take five points. So I'm taking Virginia Tech and five points. But that's that's more of an indictment on I don't know what North Carolina is. I'm on the verge of fading North Carolina. They've got this week to show me whether or not I'm going to fade them or not. But, yeah. I'm taking Virginia Tech with the points. Kyle? I'm going to go with Tar Heels, man. I'm going to – I think they're going to cover the spread. Um, I, I'm I'm more of a traditionalist when it comes to this, this stuff. Beamer ball is not a thing anymore in Virginia Tech. <laughs> they're not playing in Blacksburg. Uh, they're playing in the in the Baby Blue Stadium. And I always will, will shade to the side of quarterback play. And I think that North Carolina, for, for whatever reason, they, they do put some in the NFL. Uh, say what you want about Mitch Trubisky, but he was a number one pick. And I'm not saying this guy's the next Mitch Trubisky, but I think he's, I think he's kind of that X factor. And I'm always going to shade to that side for quarterback play. So North Carolina covers the spread. Jake? I'm not going to bore you with the stat dive that I did into this game because <laughs> bottom, bottom line is – I was hoping is, you would. <laughs> I mean, b- bottom line is – bottom line is it's about even. And you think about opponents they've played. North Carolina has played Syracuse and Boston College. Virginia Tech has played NC State and Duke. So both have played two opponents way below their level. Um, both have won a game where they pulled away and a close game. So – 2-0, and one in similar fashion. Uh, the North Carolina uh, passing defense is not very good so far. And they had some defensive backs opt out. So, I mean, they rank like dead last in the conference for yards per attempt allowed in the passing game. And I think if Virginia Tech is able to pass the ball in that back seven, they're going to have a lot of success. But the front seven's been really good. They've been one of the best in the ACC with – their running game, Virginia Tech and North Carolina have. I think that North Carolina is going to win a close game, but I'll take Virginia Tech with the points. I mean, I just really thought this year that we, were, we would see Carolina separate themselves a little bit, which we haven't seen yet. And so – and I keep going back to last year, and Daniel, you and I talked about before the season when picking Carolina is, man, this team's returning everybody, but they went 6-6 six and six last year in the regular season. But they played in all these close games. So can they get some separation? And they haven't shown this that yet. So I like Carolina to win like 31-30, but I'll take Virginia Tech with the points. So I'll take the Hokies. Uh, game two, the Red River shootout. And that is what it's called. I don't like the showdown. It's the shootout. But, I mean, when was the last time both these teams came in with a loss or two? Like this is this is typically the game day. Like they're in Dallas. Texas State Fair, which, of course, is canceled this year. But, I mean, Oklahoma's a two-point favorite. They're the unranked team. Texas is ranked. They're still playing the Cotton Bowl. Daniel, what are your thoughts on the Red River shootout? Yeah, I mean, my how the mighty have fallen. This was supposed to be the major game of this week. And now it's an afterthought. 
Uh, we were supposed to have somebody who is either a Texas or an Oklahoma fan be with us today, but that's not going to happen because it's not the marquee game. So, you know, to, you know, the front of the back line you go, I guess. Um, I put down fade both teams. I have to pick one of them. So we'll kind of dive into that. Um, Oklahoma surely can't lose three games in a row. Can they? Last time it happened, 1998. Um, the year before when, you know, or I guess in 1999 was when they, you know, everybody was talking about they lost back-to-back games. So last time they lost three in a row, 1998. That third team to beat them was Texas. So there's that. Also, Tom Herman as an underdog, 13-2-1. I mean, there's that. I like me some trends. Um, (laughs) Ellinger surely won't let a freshman beat him in this game. He's a senior. Uh, I'm going to take the over 72. Yes. But I guess I have to pick this game, so I'm going to take Texas plus two. Final answer. Final answer. It's locked in. All right, Kyle. Oh, the Red River shootout. Hey, is is sixty six to sixty five out of the realm of possibility? I don't absolutely not. No. This could be the highest scoring game in the history of college football. Uh, I mean, (laughs) yes. Defenses just don't get off the bus. Offense just go on the field. Just throw it down the field. Let's see what happens. Let's play seven on Love seven. Love the quarterback play. Yeah, exactly. Love the it's, it's flag football. That's what we're doing. Uh, Love the quarterback play on both sides. I, I think I think they're both fun to watch. Uh, this is one of those things where I think about good old boy Matthew McConaughey in the locker room of the Longhorns doing his culture speech. Uh, as the what is he the culture coach? Is that McConaughey? Minister of culture. <laughs> Minister, okay. He's ordained, Doug. He's ordained, okay. All right, that that works. Hey, maybe that's the swing vote. That might be the X factor for them. That might all that that's all they need. So, you know what? I'm gonna go Longhorns. There, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the points that they're getting. Uh, I I think they're gonna pull it off, but it's gonna be a high scoring dilemma. (laughs) If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Taking the Sooners. I, number one, I've learned to never trust Texas. This is the first year that you can't trust Oklahoma. Again, I'm not going to let my eyes play tricks on me. First of all, ne- neither one of these teams deserve to be a favorite. Let me start there. This should have been a pick em. So the fact that Vegas is giving a lean to Oklahoma tells me they really do think Oklahoma is going to win the game. So two points is – I mean, it's it's pretty much a pick'em, but they're leaning Oklahoma. This is the first time in 15 years that Oklahoma enters this game unranked. Huge. And you mentioned 1999, the last time they started 0-2. It's the first time since 1960 that they're 0-2 in the Big 12. So you're talking 60 years they've been 0-2 in the Big 12. They've won four out of five against Texas. They've won seven out of ten against Texas. And this is all I wrote. Surely they can't lose three in a row. Surely <laughs> they can't use, they can't lose three in a row. That's that's yeah. all I wrote. That's that's all I have going for it. There's no other logic behind it other than Oklahoma has been Texas's daddy this millennium, and what a heartbreaking loss is going to be for Texas when Oklahoma shows that they're Texas's daddy again. <laughs> I mean, and here's the thing: Does this put Tom Herman on the hot seat if they lose to Oklahoma this year with the senior quarterback? Against the freshman, Oklahoma's down. You know, Texas brought all this stuff back. If they start one and two, or is it two? Would they be two and two? Yeah, they'd be two and two. After this game, they start two and two, losing back-to-back games to TCU and Oklahoma. Does this put Tom Herbert in the hot seat? This is your five. Like, I'm I'm done doing hot seat talk. That's true. Because who are they going to get? Like, who do you – Lincoln Riley? (laughs) (laughs) Like, who is out there that's such a hot commodity that are they going to go get Billy Napier? Are they going to go get, you know, like. Dabo. I'm just kidding, Kyle. Coach Mack's coming back, baby. 
Steal them yeah. from the Tar Heels. Yeah, they could. But... Let's go get Mac Brown. That would be great. That's it, man. They need to get Coach Eric, Coach Eric Taylor from the Dillon Panthers. He could probably That's search right. him up. Um, maybe, Coach, maybe Coach Boone. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> North Dakota so, State, right? He's, he's, he's ready to transition off. There you oh. go. Um, All right. Well, guys, we have our first COVID audible. So, I wrote down – a big fun belt section of notes for Louisiana and Coastal Carolina. I, I'm still very excited to watch this game, and I'm excited that we get it on a Wednesday night now because I, I'm, I'm never going to complain for more football. If right. football's on, I'm watching it. So I'm all about – I mean, we're getting action back on Tuesdays. You're going to have this game on a Wednesday. I mean, give me football every day of the week. All about it. But literally, I mean, it's 10 o'clock on Wednesday night. Right before we hit record, we added this game because Louisiana and Coastal Carolina got postponed because of Hurricane Delta. And we got an SEC matchup now, Kentucky and Mississippi State, both teams unranked, Kentucky zone two, Mississippi State after their Twitter video with hop on our bandwagon, we just beat LSU, they go and lose to Arkansas, who uh, breaks their 20-game SEC losing streak. Kentucky's a two-point favorite at home. We didn't really prep for this, Daniel, but give me your best thoughts. Yeah, I mean – so, you know, Mike Leach, I, I think I previously said on the pod that this was Mike Leach's first experience in the SEC at Mississippi State. Um, and then immediately I was like, no, 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 I think he coached at Kentucky years ago, and he did. So this is him returning to coach against Kentucky. So that has a little intrigue for me. Um, I don't know, honestly, if he remembers it because the way his mind works and how things go – um, I think it'd be super interesting because again, it, it's like last week with Kentucky when they played Ole Miss. Contrast the styles. You know, I didn't really know which way to go. This feels a lot more comfortable with just a two-point lean for Kentucky, and surely them being zero and two, they're going to be more focused. They're going to be more driven. I'm, I'm definitely leaning Kentucky here. Um, and Mississippi State, you know, well, you know, what an amazing win against LSU, whether, you know, you downgrade LSU or not, LSU still has the talent. So, you know, whether they're replacing all these players or not, that that's impressive in and of itself to win that game, um, especially in the fashion that they did. But, you know, you and I talked about this last week, Jacob, how Mississippi State – or how, how LSU was kind of stubborn in how they were playing defense. And – Arkansas simply didn't do that. They they made them dink and dunk the ball. They stopped them. I think Kentucky does something similar. I mean, I do think Mississippi State scores. Like, Kentucky's not that much better than them. And, you know, I think it's going to be back and forth. But if I've only got to lay two points, I think Kentucky can win by three at Kroger Field. So, give me the Wildcats. Lay the two points. Kyle? Yeah, it's an interesting matchup. Uh, you got Mike Leach, like you guys were saying, in the SEC or back in the SEC. I, I go back to that LSU game. Uh, I've got to take Mississippi State. I, I think they're going to win straight up, even without the points given. Um, you think about what it takes to, to defeat a defending national champion. Yes, there's no Joe Burrow. He's, he's doing his thing in the NFL, but you've still got the – the culture of a national championship that's still going to be embedded in there somewhat from the last game of the season where they crushed my Tigers to how they rolled in this year. To me, that's really impressive. Um, I'm always going to lean towards a, a team that does that with a, with a really fired up, hilarious, uh, just awesome coach. Mike Leach is, is a funny dude. Um, but he knows how to motivate his team. And I, and I think if he was able to do that to a defending national champion, he should be able to return home to an original coach school and, and take care of business straight up there too. I'm going to Mississippi State. State. I'll go Kentucky. And I don't know if this is a hot take or not, but whenever both Mississippi schools made their hires in the offseason – Dana, I remember telling you this where I'm like, yeah, Ole Miss got the better hire, like 100%. Like, I'll take Lane over Mike Leach, especially if we're building a program. Like, oh, 100%. I'll take Lane over Mike Leach because over time, I mean, Mike Leach hasn't recruited very well. 
I mean, when you lose so many apple cups as he did, and he just says, well, yeah, they're more talented. Um, well, Kentucky's more talented than Mississippi State. And I like Kentucky's coaching staff. So I, I, I honestly lean coaching matchup to Kentucky. Um, quarterback, obviously, Mississippi State has a much better quarterback. But Kentucky is just – they're going old school SEC, and that's their identity. They're going to try to slow the game down, play really good defense. If they watch that Arkansas tape, I mean – play zone, make them drive the field and have four- and five-yard passes and not these these bombs that LSU gave up trying to play man. Um, yeah, I'll take Kentucky. Pretty much a pick them here. So, I'll take Kentucky at home. I don't – you know, I think this team's too good to start 0-3. So, I'll, I'll use my Oklahoma logic there. Too good to start 0-3. I, I really did think Kentucky was the third-best team in the SEC East this year. I still think that's definitely possible. They've definitely had a – tough slate of games early. So, um, yeah, I'll take the Wildcats. Next, we'll go to Aggieland for a ranked matchup. Texas A&M hosting Florida. Florida comes in as a six-and-a-half-point road favorite after looking pretty dominant in the first two games. Daniel? Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know how I'm supposed to pick Texas A&M for this game. All right. I want to because I hate Florida. I really want to. But I've got to fade Texas A&M, right? They're not good. People are building them up to be better than they are. I like Jimbo uh, Fisher being, you know, formerly at FSU, going against Florida again. That's fun. But nothing Texas A&M has done this season has given me any – hope that they will beat Florida. Um, Florida's defense has gotten a little bit better. The first week was not good. The second week was better. Relatively speaking, they were better. Maybe they take another step, especially with being helped out by, you know, an offense that's not super prolific. Um, I don't know. I really – Florida's offense is just too good. Florida's offense is too good for this game to be, like, close. I don't – I mean, I think it's at least a 10-point game in Florida's favor. The six-and-a-half kind of scares me. Like, why is it that close? Is it, like, perception or is A&M's defense just, like, sneaky good? I mean, they gave up 52 to Alabama – I would say Florida right now is the second best offense in the SEC to Alabama. Um, so I think they're going to score probably 35, 40 points. And I don't think A&M really scores more than 24. So, yeah, this one for me was kind of easy. Florida minus the six and a half. It was easy in the sense that I know who's going to win. Not easy in the sense that I never want to pick Florida. And I'm <laughs> really sad that the graphic that you're going to put up is going to have a Florida icon next to me picking it. So, yeah, that's where I'm I really, at. I really thought I was like, he's going to dig for a way to try to find – to try to, like, pick A&M here. I really – yeah, I just – I want to get the pick <laughs> right, and there's no reason to – like, I'll sleep at night. If I pick Florida and they lose, I'll sleep at night. So, that's fine. Taking the Gators, Kyle. Yeah, I'm on that bandwagon too with you, Daniel. I'm going Gator Chomp. It's it, it, I, two words: the Kyle Duo. It, that's three words: the Kyle Duo. It's at Kyle Field. At, this is meant to be. The try Kyle, Kyle. tell him about it. And, and, and here it is. I'm, <laughs> I'm here telling you about it. Both of them show up on the Heisman watch list this week. I just I'm with you, Daniel. I think six and a half is a is a strange number that they threw out there from Vegas. It just did the Kyles have COVID? Like, is that what we're about to find out? Like, is that the issue here? I, I don't know, but it, it's it certainly seems like an easy pick to me too. I think they're going to cover it by at least a, a, a score. I'm going Gator Chomp. It's it's Florida covering the spread for me. I hate to do this. Uh, no! Uh, yeah, all aboard the Gators. I mean, 
I'm, I'm with both of you. I look, I look at the points right. I'm like six and a half. Like, what does Vegas know? They what? literally only have to beat them by a touchdown. That's ridiculous. Oh. Yeah, like at least with seven, it's a push. Six and a half. Like, you're giving me a touchdown? I mean, again, I'm trying not to let – I'm trying not to overthink this with this line, but under Jimbo, Texas A&M is 3-11 and against ranked opponents. Those wins were in 2018 against number 13, Kentucky, and it was by six in overtime. So, again, Kentucky. Uh, and then against LSU in that 74-72 to 72 where LSU should have won that game three different times in seven overtimes. Um, and then last, last year in the bowl game against number 25, Oklahoma State. Those are the only ranked wins. And, again, by three. The average score in those games against ranked opponents, 24-38, to 38, which is including that outlier of the 72 points they scored against Texas A&M. Florida's offense has been dominant through two games. Alabama's offense was able to dominate Texas A&M's defense without much uh, resistance. I mean, they're going to drop 40. Like, I like Florida, like, 42 to 30. Again, I think Florida's defense is spotty. Like, I don't trust Florida's defense at all, but their offense is good enough where they can score quick, and Texas A&M is not a team that can score quick. So, even, even if they're scoring on drives, they cannot keep up with Florida. So, if I'm getting – I mean, all, all I have to do is beat them by a touchdown – yeah, I'll take yeah. Florida. This, this to me, is a no-brainer. The line scares the heck out of me. So, what, what does someone know? Yeah. Also, fun fact. I don't know if y'all saw this, but Kyle Trask is named after Kyle Field. Did y'all, did y'all see that this week? No. Both of his parents are A and M grads. He was named Kyle after Kyle Field. So, I expect wow. him to have a big game at Kyle Field. I am but, not named after Kyle Field, by the way. So <laughs> good to know. There's it's no good. connection whatsoever. <laughs> Both of my parents are Clemson grads, so that <laughs> that is certainly not a thing. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, the greatest intro track in sports, the 330 game, SEC on CBS. You get the number three Georgia Bulldogs hosting – the Tennessee Volunteers, Georgia enters the game as a 12-and-a-half-point favorite after their big win over Auburn. Daniel, where are you going this game? You know where I'm going, but let's build it up first. So, well, and I, I'll be completely honest. Tennessee, you and I have talked about this off the record, on the record. Um, Tennessee, I think, is the long-term biggest threat to Georgia in the East. I think it's a slam dunk that that's the case. The immediate one was obviously Florida because they were the most game ready and they had a, a coach who's had experience. So obviously Florida has been challenging Georgia, but Tennessee had to do a complete rebuild and Pruitt, you know, similar to what Kirby did. And they obviously all learned from Saban. They know what they have to do. And it starts with recruiting. He's put an emphasis on that from day one. Um, and then especially the offensive line, he's got five stars littered all over the offensive line and Cade Mays is eligible, and he played last week, and he played well, um, expecting him to play this week. So, you know, Tennessee is much improved, and they've, they've built, you know, a strong offensive line, and they've got a couple of good running backs that they can, they can kind of go between, and, you know, veteran, veteran starting quarterback um, in Garantano, uh, Garantano um, and he's, he's, played, he's played fine. Um, he hasn't he, – he seems like he's maybe – taking a step forward, um, but I don't know how big of a step forward. And the, the competition that they've played hasn't been, you know, big time yet, but they've dominated the games that they've played. Um, and I was impressed with how they handled Missouri last week. It, you know, wasn't close. And, I mean, if you're going technically, they beat them better than Alabama beat them the first week. But, you know, uh, Tennessee, I think, is going to be a tough out. Um, and I feel like if this was the Georgia of old, this would be a trap game for Georgia right before Alabama. Um, and I think that they would be thinking those kinds of things. I think Tennessee's strength is running the ball. But that's Georgia's strength on defense. So Georgia stops the run really well. Um, you saw in this game last year, Tennessee got a couple of scores early. I'm comfortable with something like that happening and Georgia's still covering this game. It's only a 12-and-a-half point spread. If you're t- Like, I would be surprised 
just as a regular college football fan, I would be surprised if Georgia didn't win by two touchdowns. Just as a like trying to not be a Georgia fan in this moment. But I mean, above and beyond that, it would it would surprise me more if Georgia didn't win by two touchdowns than if Georgia beat them by four touchdowns. So um, that's kind of where it is. And it's not indicative of Tennessee. It's just what Tennessee does well, Georgia does really well. So, you know, Georgia can run the ball and they can stop stop the run. And I don't think I don't think Tennessee's defense is up to fully stopping this Todd Munkin offense because I don't think we really know what all is out there. I think Georgia has taken their foot off the gas, um, you know, against both Arkansas and Auburn. So, you know, we'll see. Stetson Bennett has played really well. Um, he might be the guy long-term for Georgia. I mean, he's he's making plays within the offense, and Georgia's offensive line is just as good as as Tennessee's. It's just, you know, you didn't know about these guys because they've been behind other five stars. So um, I expect Georgia to win and to cover. I don't think it's too – I think 17 points is a comfortable – like that's where I've kind of – my gut tells me this game would be a 17-point game. Wow. All right, guys, don't uh, don't don't shoot the messenger here. But I listen. I think that the dogs are going to win the game, uh, but we we don't pick that way. We pick with points. Tennessee is is one of those programs, in my opinion, that has been clawing to get back, and for the first time in a long time, it does feel like they're more competitive than what they've been. So for that reason. I've got to say that there's some momentum that they have on their side. They're probably going to play angry. They're going to play up. You know, the dogs are top in the SEC right now. And so I, I got to take the 12 and a half points just for the fact that this is a statement game for them. It, and it, you've got to play up. If they don't play up and they get smashed by two touchdowns, all of that negativity and all of that, cultural drama that Tennessee's been dealing with over the last, I don't know, 10 years is going to creep right back into that locker room. And so I think they're going to come out like their hair's on fire and don't think they're going to win, but I think they're going to cover the 12 and a half. I think, I think I'm going to, I got to go with Tennessee on this one with the points. Tennessee's impressive so far. I mean, they beat South Carolina, which I didn't know if they could win that game. They showed they were the better team, especially late. Like, winning close games, good teams win close games like that. They finish them. They dominated Missouri, which, again, was not expecting. Like, that to me was really impressive. So, against Missouri, they had 39 running plays, zero tackles for loss. So, like, that offensive line's legit. I mean, you look at their offensive line, they've got – Caden May is transferred from Georgia. So that'll be a storyline this week. Caden May is returned to, you know, returns to Athens. Um, so five-star Caden May is five-star Trey Smith, five-star Wanya Morris, four-star Brandon Kennedy, four-star Jerome Carvin. So like Pruitt has done what Kirby did, what Saban has done, which is like one, we got to recruit better. And it starts with, you know, up front. Um, so Tennessee has been dominant, but Daniel, like you said, man, like, this Georgia defense isn't just good. Like, they are the best in the country. And then there's a gap after Georgia. If you look at Bill Conley's SG+, Georgia's uh, defensive ranking is six, which the lower the better. The next closest team is at 15. So, and that's like – it's kind of supposed to be predictive with, like, how many points on average uh, you're giving up. That's what kind of it factors into. So, you're saying Georgia's defense is a touchdown better everybody else and after that the teams in order like go up by one or two points so I mean this Georgia defense is historic on the defensive line for Georgia here's what's crazy so you've got Jordan Davis big defensive tackle big 300 pound guy Devontae Wyatt has been playing great Malik Herring's a senior he's been all SEC caliber pass rushers Nolan Smith Jermaine Johnson Aziz Ojolari and then someone who's been hiding in third string former five-star Adam Anderson his number gets called last week and what does he do Three QB hurries, two tackles for loss, two sacks. Now, Auburn's offensive line is not as good as Tennessee, uh, Tennessee's offensive line is. They got to Bowen Nix three times last week. But I look at Tennessee, and I look at quarterback. 
And this is the guy who got benched last year before the Georgia game, and Brett Maurer played. So, yes, Tennessee's offensive line is good, but when Georgia pass rushes as well as they do, Garantano's not avoiding those sacks like Bo Nix is. Bo Nix avoided probably six or seven sacks just by being mobile. Garantano's not doing that on a Saturday. Last week I picked against Georgia against the spread, and I apologize because I honestly think Georgia's going to dominate Tennessee on Saturday. I like Georgia to win like 31 to 9 and it not look close the whole game. I, I really don't know if Tennessee will score a touchdown. That's how good this defense is. Bottom line is I think Auburn's better than Tennessee. Uh, what they're going to do on defense is they're going to load the box because they know Tennessee's offensive line is good. While they trust their defensive line, they're going to load the box and they're going to say, hey, Garantano, can you beat us with your wide receivers on the outside one-on-one -on -one with our defensive backs? And I don't think they can. And, you know, this isn't a year where they have uh, our close Callaway and um, Jennings, Juwan Jennings on the outside. They have those guys. I like those guys one-on-one, -on -one, but they've got some young receivers, and I'll trust Georgia's defensive backs. So, again, I think where Tennessee is strong, Georgia is stronger. And I'll take the dogs big on Saturday in Athens. So, sorry for picking against Georgia last week. They – really had to go out and show me just how good they were after the Arkansas performance. So, You missed the five-star on their offensive line as well. He's their backup now. With Cade Mays coming in, he took over at right tackle, but Darnell Wright was a former five-star as well. Yeah. So they've just got – they've got talent and depth, but, yeah, it's not uh, – it's not going to be enough on Saturday. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. They're, close, they're closing the gap faster than Florida is talent-wise. Yeah. That's, that's for dang sure. That game's um, going to be a lot of fun at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. Put a pin in that. Tennessee and Florida. 100%. Well, let's go to – man, this one's fun. Lane Kiffin against Alabama. I mean, I, 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 mean, I think we'll get, we'll get to the next game in a minute, but I'm excited to watch Ole Miss and Alabama. Ole Miss is 23-point underdog against Alabama at home, so a big home underdog. Daniel, who are you taking? This is just like like what you said <clears throat> um, before Coach O really solidified himself as LSU's coach. I was hoping for him to get – not that I want people to get fired, but, you know, hey, if when they move on from him because he's not going to be their long-term guy, go get Lane Kiffin and have Kiffin at LSU where he plays Alabama every year. Well, this is just as good because Ole Miss – They've been a thorn in Alabama's side for years, so Kiffin at Ole Miss is maybe even better because now he doesn't have the expectations of LSU, but he's got all the party. So this is awesome. This matchup, Saban versus his former assistants, is going to come up again. Um, it's going to come up again next week. So this is one of those where I think Alabama will dominate this game as much as they want to dominate this game. Um, and so that's a key for me. I think Ole Miss has a really good offense, and I think Alabama has a really good defense. I think the matchup – I think they're going to go blow for blow with each other. Like, I think Alabama will get some stops that really show their strength, and I think that Ole Miss will score some points. I don't think the other side of the ball is even close. I think Alabama just kind of score at will. But I do think that they'll kind of take their foot off the gas late. In the 23 points – has me feeling like a late backdoor cover is in the works. And I think Lane Kiffin is petty enough to try to do it at the end of a game when Alabama's got some reserves in. So for that reason, I'm taking Ole Miss with the points. But make no mistake, I think Alabama dominates and controls this for the duration of the game, similar to what they did with Missouri. But I think they're kind of – they're toying with them. And with Georgia next week, I think – Alabama tries to kind of keep as much as they can still under wraps maybe and, you know, um, save, save some for Georgia next week. So I'm taking Ole Miss plus 23. Kyle? Yeah, this game doesn't interest me at all. I, it really doesn't. <laughs> I, I, this is going to be one of those games on Saturday where I'm like walking by the TV and I'm going to change the channel to the game just to see – 
just to see if Ole Miss is within 14 points of Bama. <laughs> and if they are, I'll probably watch the game for about four minutes just to see Alabama score again. So <laughs> I think this is going to be uh, – it's just going to be the, the bully, the big bully of the SEC beating up the middle schooler. Um, I, I just – yeah, I, I'm taking Bama. I don't care if they gave – I don't care if they took – 34 points away from Bama. I still think they would cover that. Bama, they'll cover the spread. I'm going with them. All right, and we're going to give you 34. You got to lay 34 now that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I, might, I, might, I might go ahead and just do that. Put it, put it, put it in my mouth, man. That's yeah. where it goes. Did y'all, uh, did y'all watch the, the almost Florida game? Every second. So No. <laughs> this game's going to play out similarly. Except Bama's got a better defense. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and it looked like this. They went blow for blow for about three drives with Florida. And then Florida just kind of broke it open after that. And then Ole Miss came and got a backdoor cover. I just don't think that backdoor cover happens. Saban seems to, whenever he can, put it on his former assistants. Look at Texas A&M last week. They didn't take their foot off the gas. They kept driving <laughs> until, like, Late in the fourth quarter, and they're like, "All right, fine, we'll get uh, we'll get Bryce Young in there, and the backups in there." Uh, you know, they scored fifty-two against A and M. Ole Miss ranks last in the country in opponent yards per play right now, so their defense is bad. Alabama will score whenever they want to, and I think Kiffin's gonna, you know, he's playing Saban. This is this is fun. He's gonna have some stuff for Saban. I like Bama to cover. I like it to be like fifty-six to thirty. Something like that. So I think Kiffin's going to get his points. I think some of those come late, but I think Alabama dominates, and th- they might score on every drive they get. So I mean, the score could be as high as Saban and Sarkeesian wants it to be. Uh, the only thing that scares you this game now is the hurricane weather. So Bama's offense has been so good and explosive with passing plays with all those receivers, and I did just want to mention John Mechie because he's been so good early in the year with uh, with teams focusing on Devontae Smith and Joe and Waddle, and rightfully so, but he's been a key part of that offense. With hurricane weather, can Bama just run the ball and cover this game? I don't know. That scares me. I was tempted to change the pick because of that, but I, I, I'm, anytime I change a pick, I get it wrong. So I'm going to stick with Bama. Kyle? Yeah, I, I go back to Lane Kiffin, too. I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about him. Lane Kiffin – in my opinion, has not proven he can be a head coach. He's been a great assistant, and that that's that's about it. And I just I don't know if he can if he can rally a team. I'm a big locker room guy, culture guy. I I, I just have never seen him create an amazing culture where he's been. So, and he's playing his daddy. So I, I just. I, I don't know. I think it could be ugly for, for the Rebs. One final thing on this is I did, you know, I mentioned that they want to save some for Georgia. My main point that I wrote down that I didn't say was I think Saban wants something to coach up. So I'm not saying that Saban lays an egg on purpose on anything, <laughs> but I'm also saying that I think that if they have the third string in late, which their third string is still better than Ole Miss's like, first string defense. So <laughs> let's be there. But um, I think I do think that he'll want something to like yell at his team about this week leading up to Georgia. So that's another key. It's not just about like letting your foot off the gas and hiding stuff from Georgia. It's also the flip side of like, hey, we couldn't stop the run or, you know, we couldn't, you know, whatever. And he just kind of calls something vanilla so that it gets – you know, something for him to scream about to keep the team motivated. Because um, it gets boring at Alabama when you just win every game by a lot. So That's true. Well, the game of the week is in Clemson, South Carolina, where the Clemson Tigers are hosting the Miami Hurricanes, where a top-10 matchup, Miami coming off of a bye, both teams undefeated. This is the ACC matchup we didn't know was going to be this good before the season. And now we've got it. Undefeated Miami and undefeated Clemson. Clemson, a two-touchdown favorite, 14-point favorite over Miami. Daniel, where are you going with this one? Well, so, first of all, you know, we're deciding who we're going to have on this week. 
thinking who our Miami friends are, who our Clemson friends are, trying to forget who our Texas and Oklahoma friends are. Um, and, you know, you bring up Kyle and you say, hey, yeah, he's, he's 90% in. He's got to check a few things. And I said, whoa, 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 he doesn't sound like a Clemson fan to me because they are all in. So <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to question everything Kyle says from here on out. But um, <laughs> as far as this game is concerned, you know, is this Miami team different? than the previous Miami teams we've seen? I mean, yes, I would think so. Um, does it matter? In the overall scheme of things, I think Clemson wins this game. And I don't think that that part for me is questionable. The 14 points is where I'm coming in on this. Where do I feel that this is going to, you know, can King and Lashley, you know, Derek King and Rhett Lashley, um, quarterback and offensive coordinator, can they – lead the offense to stay consistent and have a steady attack on Clemson throughout the game. Clemson's got a really good defense. They're young, but they're super talented. They've had a couple games now to kind of, you know, cut it loose. And I think, I think they're going to, they're going to be up to the task to stop Miami situationally. But I do think that Miami is confident for the first time in a while, because they've got a dude at quarterback. So, um, I think that Clemson is going to play to their competition, which they do frequently. So they won't lose this game for that reason. If they were, you know, playing Pittsburgh, they would play down to them and maybe lose that game. But this is Miami, and Miami is going to bring their A game. So I think Clemson's going to rise to the occasion and beat them. But I'm going to take Miami plus the 14 just because I do think that Miami is consistent enough offensively and the Clemson isn't there enough defensively to shut them out. I think they're there situationally to win in spots. I think they're going to win by about 10 points. So I'm going to take the 14. Kyle? Yeah, I, this may surprise y'all. I'm not going to be a, a homer with this. this. This game scares me. And I say it scares me because, Daniel, you said it a minute ago, they've got a quarterback. And Miami always has speed on the outside. They're going to be able to run the ball. Clemson is playing with a reloaded defense. We've got freshmen on the defensive line that are great. They're spectacular. Uh, I, I, we're going to do our thing on offense. We're going, to, we're going to put points on the board. But I think the king factor in Miami, I think that's going to give us some fits because he can get outside the pocket and scramble and move around. That is difficult for young players, no matter if they're five-star players or not. They haven't seen that at that level. So I, I can't even believe I'm saying this. this is like I'm getting heartburn for saying this. But I'm going to take Miami with the points. Uh, Clemson's going to win, but Miami with the points. Miami's been one of the stories of the season so far. I mean, y'all both talked about it, but – the marriage of Rhett Lashley with Derek King has been next level. And the playmakers at offense, I mean, you got a great tie to them, Brevin Jordan, Cameron Harris, running back, and then playmakers catching the ball. Jalen Knighton is a running back, but he's been such a, a threat in the passing game. Uh, Mark Pope on the outside. Defense have been tough. The D-line's dominant. But this is, to me, the game where Miami's offensive line, which has not been mentioned, gets exposed because we talked about early on if you have a good quarterback and a good offensive system you can play behind a bad or an okay offensive line Clemson's done it for the past like five years this is one of the first years where Clemson actually has a pretty dominant offensive line but when you've got a quarterback like Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence who's either a has the legs or b get the ball out or can do both like both of them can like, you can kind of hide behind a decent, okay offensive line. Miami's been able to do that so far. I think this is the game where that offensive line gets exposed. I mean, Clemson's defensive line, surprise, is really good, except some of their best players are true freshmen who are only going to get better. I mean, you got Miles Murphy, who leads the team in tackles, Brian Bercy, uh, Reagan Upshaw is a senior, Miles Pickney, who's a senior, and then KJ Henry is a sophomore. I mean, they got guys on guys on guys. They're going to throw up Miami. And I think when, you, when you're able to get pressure with three and four and you can just drop everybody back in coverage and you can have your linebackers play a spy on Derek King, 
I think you're able to suffocate Miami enough to pull away. I think Miami's going to score some points, but I think Clemson, again, they have the offensive line to match Miami's defensive line. Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one player in the draft, just a once-in-a-generation talent at quarterback. So I like Miami to pull away here. I like Miami like 37-20. to 20. Uh, I like him to win by two touchdowns. Excuse me. I like Clemson to win like 37-20, to 20, pull away at the end. And this – and I think they might – they could dominate this game. Like, I compared this game almost to Georgia-Tennessee, like where Miami is this team that is going to be the threat to Clemson if they keep this up and, like, get another quarterback and build up the system. They can be the threat to Clemson in the ACC and, like, you know, over the coming years, but not this year. Like, you've got the quarterback, but not on that level yet. So, I'll take Clemson to cover. Uh, they, to me, have earned the – Alabama, in my mind, where it's just like, just pick them. <laughs> just when in doubt, you pick Clemson and you pick Alabama. And those are two teams that I can trust. Those are our games, guys. I mean, Kyle, the best record so far is four and three. So best of luck. Hope you can go five and two. Beat Cartwright, the Gamecock fan. So I got to beat Cartwright. That, got to beat Cartwright. That's the one I've got my eye on. <laughs> gotta beat Cartwright. Didn't, didn't Ryan go four and three as well? Ryan also went four and three. Yeah. So you got to tie at four and three. So you could either tie them or you could beat them. So, and if we have a tie at the end of the year, we might have to have just like championship week. Everybody get back on and you know pick to the death, I guess. Um, <laughs> hey, maybe we have a Georgia Clemson national championship game. Maybe we can all just commingle That'd be up awesome. at the end of the season. That'd be awesome. I'm, I'm I don't want to be it. around Clemson fans. Georgia. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it'll be fun. Kyle, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, super excited to have you on the show. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, man. This was a blast. We will have these picks posted on our social media. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can find us at the Extra Point Pod. And we have, we have a lot, ton of content there. So we'll see how our picks do this week. We're so excited for week six. Hopefully no more postponements because of COVID or a hurricane. It's 2020. You never know. But that will do it for this edition of The Extra Point. He is Kyle. He is Daniel. I am Jacob. See ya.